From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. This week we talk with Sir the Baptist, an up-and-coming artist that blends hip-hop with faith and his gospel roots. But he doesn't turn a blind eye to what's going on in the world around him. I grew up in a church. They had the New Testament and the Old Testament, but not the Now Testament. If someone is going through a a breakup or, or a divorce, how do you keep your faith through that? Then we'll review the latest album from MGMT. And Greg will drop a coin in the Desert Island Jukebox. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later in the show, Greg is going to take a trip to the Desert Island, pop a quarter in the jukebox, and we'll review new music from MGMT. That's later in the show, Jim, but uh, first we're going to talk to uh, Sir the Baptist, an artist who uh, has an interesting background, came up, uh, raised as a preacher's son, uh, went into hip-hop, now is finding a way to combine the two in innovative ways. Bottles popped and it feels like Windows seat to the top, I want to see my Angel on my side, man, it feels just like Feels like Jack went moonwalking, <laughs> never came back. Yeah. Prince met the king, Aaliyah sent four pages back. A Finney with Pocky Nevis ghetto. Paul Walker found it behind the pedal. And just like Nate Dog, I pray the Lord that all my dogs go to heaven. Whether you work in 9 to 5 or you That's a little bit of Sir the Baptist, uh, Jim, an artist who, the first time I saw him, he left an indelible impression. I don't think I'll ever forget. The first time I saw Sir the Baptist uh, perform, uh, he did part of the show uh, singing out of a casket. <laughs> um, and it wasn't kind of a sticky, uh, goofy Halloween thing. Was it, it was not Screaming Jay Hawkins. No, it was an illustration. Uh, there, there'd been a lot of gun violence in Chicago. Um, he grew up on the South Side. This is his way of sort of uh, drawing attention to this issue of gun violence and what it could really mean. And I think his, his way of saying... You know, this could happen to any of us, you know, and it could happen at any time, yeah. especially if you're a young African-American male in Chicago. Uh, your death could be waiting for you at any moment. You have to be ready for it. Um, you know, came up, uh, he grew up as a preacher's son on the south side of Chicago in the Bronzeville neighborhood, a very famous neighborhood, an incubator of Chicago talent for a century. Um, you know, then went on to work at an ad agency. Um, you know, he started recording some hip hop that he felt was, uh, you know, an attempt to, uh, you know, become commercially successful as opposed to artistically successful. He had sort of a, a, a shift in thinking uh, while living out of his car. He was a Lyft driver in Chicago yeah. and essentially living and recording music in his car uh, for a period of several months and had a transformation about what he wanted to do with the rest of his life. Sir came into our studios to perform music from his uh, debut album from last year, Saint or Sinner. It was one of our favorite albums of the year. 
Now, he was born uh, William James Stokes, but he suggested that we call him Sir. Well, we're friends. We're, we're all, all friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sir was joined by a large band, which included his niece, vocalist Crystal Harris. Yeah, one of the biggest bands we've ever had on Sound Opinions, Greg, and also uh, one of the most charismatic performers. We started our conversation with Sir by asking about the unconventional way his Lyft customers uh, were worked into his first recording. I actually did my first song, Raise Hell, in the Lyft. Um, and I just drove around and got all these guys and was like, hey, jump in and sing this song. <laughs> <laughs> and they would jump in this minivan and sing the song. And then I'll go to the next person. Mm -hmm. So that's how I built the choir while recording. I was recording in my car. I won't have it when I die, but that's the one thing that I can't seem to change. This is my bad habit. You nine to five and I've been there trapping. Worried even nerd struck. We call that Inspector Gadget. We no seeing sweet that's magic in your blood. That's that magic you've been living just to keep up. But tonight we about to turn it. Mama say she gonna lose me. Yeah. She prayed the angels out on duty. Preacher can't even rebuild me. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you turn your, your lift cab into a, a mobile studio, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you start your career there. Um, you uh, And you found your voice, too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. How, what were, Was there like a light bulb moment, like this is what I need to be? How, how did you sort of come to this? You know, this? I, I had a hard time piecing together my, uh, my, music, my musical influences. So like when uh, uh, an elderly woman would get in the car, I would play my stuff that I did with Oli Musiker. And then when one of the homies would get in the car, I would play a song that I did back up for Chance or I'm doing something else for somebody else. And, and it was my opportunity to refine and, and define who I was because everybody that got in the car, I wanted to reach. So uh, here we have Sir the Baptist and 11 or so fellow musicians. This is great. <laughs> yeah, small, small team this time. The, the small band, the stripped yeah. down band. This could yeah. be exciting. A large ensemble with Sir the Baptist, and I think people would love to hear you and the band play something. Yeah, play us in. Sweet. So I'll play you in with um, my dad's first sermon uh, that I decided to take and change into a, a hip-hop sermon. Uh, this is called What We Got. I could be anything I want to be. The little engine in the hood. Yeah. If I could show you anything. Yes, sir. I would show you that my hood was once so good. See this rap again? Propaganda, got my youngins throwing tantrums, packing bags, packing trimmies, and I ain't really talking Santa. We rarely see white beards, they usually die before 15. World star, dying over what they favorite rapper will clean secret. I know we ain't got much. Let's go forward what we got. Let's go forward what we got. Whether it's a whip or the bus. Go forward what you got. See my, uh, mama, 
I want a million. She said, well, maybe you should save up your pennies. I say, no, I see pennies. Writing you something pretty. She say, maybe you should name your hoopty Billy. I'm doing donuts in a limit on the spat. Yeah, trapping for what I ain't got. Grateful in down the shack. Cause it ain't no fun if the homies can't come. So we pack like sardines, fishing for just chasing drinks. So don't Let's go forward when we go. Drove Jeff for nephew ran with Zaza transmission gone. Fresh with Jeffrey and Marcus shoes off. Patent leather Concord, tell them the kids is from the Jordan soap. Sorry, John, I saw those Jordans for lunch Monday. I was wearing Stacey Adams looking hella Easter Sunday. Kissy with Sunday's wonder. When you make it, they act wonder. Wanna know your true friend? with 10 musicians. Special shout out there to Crystal Harris. <laughs> yes. Doing that back and forth the whole time. You guys are having that musical conversation. The song is What We Got. Yeah. So, sir, inspired, you said, by your dad. He was a Baptist preacher, yes? Yeah. And uh, in what way? What, what was it about that that you took from him and then added to yourself? yourself? Well, my dad's motto was, um, let's go forward and use what we got. Mm-hmm. So I, I once I... Um, got a deal, I realized that I would find out my friends based on what I spent. And then I realized, hey, you know what? If we're faithful over the little that we got, because it's not much. They don't give yeah. artists much. No. Even a few million is not enough. You know? Critics either, man. I right. to that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and, and when you get that, you, you find out who your true friends are. And that's why I say if you want to find out your true friends, act like you ain't got money. 
Mm-hmm. And you you realize that some people are here for the money instead of sowing a seed and to change a culture and to possibly make history. Mm-hmm. But they're so blinded by the chains, the cars, or, or, or mansions, or just livelihood yeah. that it's impossible for them to be the creatives that they need to be in order to shape our culture because we're missing the Frank Sinatra's, the Dean Martin's, the Sammy Davis Jr.'s of, of this time, mm. I feel like. You grew up with not a lot of money, right? Right, what, what, yeah, A absolutely. huge family, 22 yeah. kids, is that yeah. right? Yeah, so it's not a lot to that, that's, it's not a lot to share. Right, you gotta. I mean, you gotta get by on love. Yeah, there yeah, ain't yeah. Much else. Absolutely, absolutely. You gotta pass the plate, and and not the offering plate. But when you're done, you know, <laughs> share, share the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> right, right. I gotcha, I gotcha. And you started music really young, right? It was a musical household. Well, the thing is, my dad, my dad had more than one set of kids. Sure. So that allowed my mom to take care of her seven, and the rest was somebody else's but like seven is yeah. hard enough yeah you know? no no seven yeah. is hard like you know especially especially for someone who uh, my dad died when i was 11 mm-hmm. so she was left with the burden uh of being the mom and dad mm-hmm. and she had to pull her weight through that and, and carry seven kids and she did it including the grandbabies and everything she's she sounded like a uh well she is a, a wonderful person when i'd spoken to you a while ago sir you had mentioned that she asked you to write something when you were 14 that had a big impact on your life yeah eulogy yeah yes yeah, at very, 14 she wanted yeah. she wanted you to write your eulogy yeah like what would be said at your funeral yeah because um, the most important thing is like the end if you can just be remembered for 100 years which isn't a lot but just 100 years you you've did something, um, but some of us don't make it in that span. So she want she wanted me to do something with my life that can contribute to the world, instead of focus on just money. In the song you just uh, performed, what we got there's that line: "We rarely see white beards; they usually die before 15." Yeah. So something like that had real resonance, I would imagine, for a kid that grew up in a neighborhood that had. There was, I, I think there was great music there, but there was also violence, right? Yeah. There you experienced bo- a lot of both. Absolutely. If everybody aims and everybody shoots, then who would live to tell it? I mean, who could you tell it to? Because everybody had the guts to aim and shoot. But who would be the model? Let someone wake up to the truth. He aims for the guy that aims for the sky. Let's pray, don't shoot. That it ricocheted instead of split his fade light like Park off juice. More blacks are tied to a black man gone than a white man news. And if that's not the truth, then they'll wait for the proof. We gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. Oh, can I wake up? I gotta wake up. Let that boy wake up, or can she wake up, before it's too late, we gotta wake up. Oh, we can change, we can change, we can change, we can change the world, if we try. We can change, we can change, we can change, we can change the world. Oh, let's mourn for the ones who died. When somebody like a Chief Keef celebrates the gangster nihilism yeah. and the violence, obviously there is violence in the streets of Chicago, yeah. but there are also these communities and families and the church. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a the hood. There were four projects surrounding my dad's church, and that's where he lived mm-hmm. in Paris. So, like, we, we would stay upstairs. So, I was in the hood 
but I really wasn't a part of the hood because my dad wouldn't let me like go out and play like that. Mm-hmm. I could only play in in a yard and everything and then go back into church. We were in church, what, seven days a week. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Every day, Crystal yeah, says. It, because it was <laughs> not entirely <laughs> smiling right. as she said it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because it it was it was uh your culture, it was your your house, it was uh your fun. It, all your friends came there, family. Yeah. It, it was everything. It was the family business as well. So you had to sweep on Tuesdays and yeah. Saturdays to make sure the church was clean and stuff. So it was. I was never a part of that. I think they're speaking from where they come from, you know. Mm. And and I and I and I I sympathize with them in, in certain ways. And others, we have to hold ourselves responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes down to the new the new trend that's in Chicago, I think I fit right as the hip hop chaplain. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not really focused on how much I can rap or how much I can sing or the lyrics or anything like that in a way that's uh, an art form. My lyrics are mm-hmm. mission driven. So it's it's meant to to drive you to a certain place in your life. Happiness, peace, family in a way that's sustainable over time. Uh, I'm proof to heaven, got a ghetto. Just let my youngin' flow the pedal when it feels like we moving, moving. No training wheels. Let them see how I feel, even the fall. Let the boy know we moving, moving. My damn brother say press play when the seed vibrate. Ah, uh, he know we moving, moving. When them haters try to throw shade, I just turn and lecture Jay and tell them nah, let's just keep it moving, moving. My mama saying I don't mind is the devil workshop. That's why we work hard, cause we addicted to the feeling. See, I'ma live my dream until I doze off. That's why I go off with these lyrics. Every metaphor needed some mission, cause we're you know what you were mentioning about uh the message is interesting because i think you know you're infusing it with a lot of the music you grew up with in the church yeah um and i think one of the big issues with with church music for a lot of young people uh growing up in the hip-hop generation was that it didn't speak to today it spoke about the afterlife or living this life now right (laughs) Uh, and it seems like you're you're fusing the idea of hip-hop of talking about what's happening in the world right now as we live it yeah with with the with the music of you know the the promise, the hope, the yeah. optimism of, of, of gospel. Was that, was that a, a conscious decision that you made to fuse those two things? Because normally, I mean, prior to, you know, a few years ago when Kanye and, and now you and Chance the Rapper and other artists are starting to fuse these styles, mm-hmm. it wasn't very common. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't common, which is what I was really focused on in the beginning, um, to, to make sure that it can become the new cool, because that's the starting point. Am I a saint of a sin? Ooh, I don't even know no more. I don't know. I don't even know no more. I don't even know no more. Am I a saint of a sin? Ooh, I don't even know no more. I don't even know no more. May the Lord bless this last dream. Yeah. Mine's come down the street. Yeah. If the cops catch these drugs on me, yeah. Pray don't take me to my knees. I pray don't take me to the knees. What are we doing? 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 Am I a saint of a sin? 
grew up in a church, they had the New Testament and the, the, the Old Testament, but not the Now Testament. Yeah. If someone is going through a, a breakup or, or a, a divorce, how do you keep your faith through that? Now, that's the thing. Church was, they're not as honest. And it's not that they don't go through it. It's not that they don't drink or party or have fun or whatever. It's just they don't want it to be on their resume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not talking right. about that stuff. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, if you told more youth what you did, they would probably think it's not cool. Mm-hmm. Because then you're, you're you're my dad. I don't want to go to the strip club if you've been in the strip club already. No, that, that's just, yeah, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. You know, like it's not cool. My dad did this stuff, you know, but it, it, it has to be a sharing point. One, because relatability is the first start of relationship and relationship is the first start to getting you to the end. Well, hence the name of this album, Saint or Sinner. Absolutely. Uh, the answer is, well, we're all both, right? Right, right. right. We are. We are. We're human. Yeah. And and um, it was just an opportunity uh, to, to, to do great music, and then I realized that I was struggling with the same thing Aretha Franklin was struggling with. Her mm-hmm. dad is a pastor. Yeah. And know? Mavis Staples. Yeah. And, yeah. and Mavis Curtis St- Mayfield. Absolutely, and, right. absolutely, uh, absolutely. even deeper tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if Nat King Cole, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, Ray Charles. Yeah. I, I was in a uh, studio with um, uh, Stevie Wonder. He went through the same thing. Mm. Like, th- these people, like, it's a serious pull between um, who you are uh, Monday through Saturday, and who you will be on Sunday. Yeah, yeah but sure. you need to be the same person, a holistic person. You remember waking up in in the middle of the night and hey, you can you can give this kid in Africa a dollar. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. And, and we never know where it's going, and it, it's, yeah. it's a such thing as a, a, a bad investment in the community because again, sustainability. You know, you, you can you can do bad charity. That's a very um, Nietzschean view, there, mm. sir, the Baptist. <laughs> But so you, charity you, is not about helping somebody, mm-hmm. it's about yourself. Yeah, some people do that. But but the only reason why I know that is because I grew up in a church. Mm. Anybody that wanted to get in office and they wanted the black vote, they would come through the church. Oh, mm. yeah. So I've seen the worst deals yeah. on the <laughs> table ever. Yeah, yeah. you never know, you never know. You never know when she's coming, yeah. Oh, when she's coming, yeah. God. It's on her way She's just taking her time Take your sweet time After a short break, we'll continue our conversation with Sir the Baptist. Later, we'll review the latest from MGMT. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Take your sweet time Love Deliver me Cause all he seems to do is hurt me If you know someone dealing with this, pull out your phone and text him, I love you Hurt me Even if you got this song on repeat When he would leave the house, she would say Lord, deliver me Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and that is Deliver Me by Sir the Baptist, featuring Brandy uh, on vocals there. Sir the Baptist blends hip-hop and gospel roots. Those roots are particularly apparent, I think, Greg, on that track. 
That is true, Jim. Um, Sir is an artist who believes in delivering a message in his songs, message music, something he also draws on from gospel music. He joined us in uh, the Jim and K. Maybe performance studio to perform his music and to talk about the role he thinks musicians should play in society. Okay, sir, you are um, obviously deeply philosophical. <laughs> um, let, me, let me pose a question Greg and I have been wrestling about. There's this notion we can separate the art from the artist and love art by people who may have done bad things, yeah. um, or that we shouldn't worry about that. Oscar Wilde said, art is not moral or immoral. It's merely good or bad. Mm. I don't think you buy that. I, I don't think Mavis Staples bought it when her family was marching beside Dr. King. Right. Separating art from the artist um, takes the responsibility out of art. There's a social responsibility that comes with art, and it's not just to be destructive, because the, the art... There's even an art, right now I'm digging into the art of sound and understanding the f- different frequencies in which I've revibrated and how it bounces off our, uh, the 80% water that's in our head, um, tries to mirror music. So I think it's, it's, it's very influential. And if we separate art from the artist, you're, you're trying to, to live without the cross. And, and I think it, to, to not bear the cross, you there's mm. You know, so I, I bear the cross, you know, and, and most great artists have bear the cross. Now, we all deal with our issues, but bearing the cross and knowing that, hey, you know, I need to stay out of harm's way because I'm an example and because I, I have to do this. These kids know their lyrics more than their school books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's like you, you can't separate it because once you separate it, you actually lose purpose. Yeah. Which doesn't mean you can't have fun. Yeah, we have ha, to inject ha, there because this record ha, is fun, but, but, Greg. Yes, but, but, but fun, fun can still be attached to the person. Yeah, yeah. But that's when they want it, when when it's fun and it's attached to you. But yeah. but when it's heavy, you have to you have to take it on as well. Mm. And does it surprise you that um, gospel has sort of uh, become this flavor? You know, and it's <laughs> in danger of becoming a trend, but it'll never yeah. go away. I got my city doing front flips. When every father may rap a jump ship. I guess that's why they call it where I stay. Clean up the streets so my daughter can have somewhere to play. I'm the blueprint to a real man. Somebody that can toss they tassel for a deal, man. I ain't going to hell or the hill, man. Ah, 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 for my real fans. I got caught up with a little Zan. Couldn't stop me, but it slowed me, though. Yeah. And people forget that, you know, the origin of, of what we know as rock and roll or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. really started with, uh, with church music. Yeah, I mean, Sister yeah. Rosetta Tharp was rocking and rolling <laughs> in the 40s. Up above my head. Up above my head. I hear music in the air. I hear music in the air. Now up above my head. Up above my head. You know head. I hear music in the air. I hear music in the air. Up above my I was one of the ones at the forefront of that, pushing the uh, envelope mm-hmm. with gospel and hip-hop. Um, I will say this. Um, there's a mission that comes with gospel music, and and gospel don't have to be about God. It can be about Allah. It could be like about whoever, Buddha, whoever. Community. It's Yeah, good, gospel is the good news, mm-hmm. but deliver just that, the good news. You know, so I feel like 
taking the sound and and throwing pride over gospel chords. Don't care that um, if there's not 40 albums turned in in the next two years, the gospel category and the Grammys will not exist. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the fact that, you know, there's a billion problems that come with this culture that you have to help with. You can't just take the sound and run. That I get disgusted with. Mm-hmm. Because Appro- it, it, appropriation of yes, that sort. Yes, because yeah. if you, and some people are purposely going to the churches and saying, okay, I want this guy because he's got the sound. Mm-hmm. But you take that sound and then the culture that comes with it. You know, I'm helping gospel in a way that they don't. They don't want to say I am, but I'm helping them to reach their kids because their kids don't want to listen to the same music. Mm-hmm. So we're finding some sort of balance and I'm helping gospel to become more understanding. Well, what you're saying is very true. A lot of gospel artists who started performing secular music um, and using, continuing to sing with a gospel voice and with those gospel chords in the back, you know, Sam Cooke, mm-hmm. Aretha, yeah. you know, the staple singers. Yeah. They were the the, the church uh, ostracized them. Yeah, uh, for for singing about earthly matters, right? Secular matters. But I think that's important to sing about yeah. earthly matters because uh, Jesus did parables because he was trying to put heavenly lessons into earthly mm-hmm. you know, hands. So you have to do that. I, it's just taking it and making it something that it's not. I mean, you can't degrade women over gospel chords. Like you can, mm-hmm. but. I'm not going to. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah doesn't come work. on. Yeah. We are uh, talking with the philosopher king of uh, hip-hop <laughs> and gospel music here, Sir the Baptist. What kind of musical philosophy do you want to lay on us next in the form of a song? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Race Hell is, was the first song that came out, and I tried, I, I tried to take him to church. So in church, you get like this, but usually like the wood is kind of what drove the beat, and then I found out that it wasn't just a church thing, and that wood you can find anywhere in there. Like I, I played it for Raise Hell for a, a lady, and she was, I could see someone dancing him and killed it with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> if you come to one of my concerts, I have this church in the wild. Um, if you come to the concert, I literally will spend four hours on maybe three songs. Mm-hmm. I'm talking James Brown style. Yeah, right, right. Or the Reverend Al Green yeah, when yeah. he brings it to church. Right, right, right. We're going to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never ends. So people, people are like, what is? Where is this song? Where can I get mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And it's only the live version yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. So this is the this is the version of Raise Hell. Ah! All right, listen, listen, guys. I'm gonna need y'all to really put it all in on this one, right? So horns, I need you to go crazy, Lady Chris. Go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Guitar. Best for me, sorta. I want heaven when I die, but that's just one thing that I can't seem to change. It's my back. Happy you nine to five and nothing to trouble. Worried even nights drop. We call that inspector gadget with no zines. Meet this magic in that blood. That's that magic you've been living just to keep up for tonight. We about to turn on. She the one to dance it. She the one to dance it. Yeah, she the one to dance it. Yeah, she the one to dance it. She the one to dance it. I'm going. She's the one to dance and I'm She's the one to dance and I'm go. Go, go, go. Praise God. 
Take me to church.
That was Raise Hell by Sir the Baptist live in the Jim and K Maybe performance studio. We have video of Sir the Baptist's performance. Uh, you can find it at soundopinions.org. But now we want to hear from you. Do you think that there's room in popular music for spiritual themes? Let us know your thoughts and why on our hotline, 888-859-1800, or find us on Facebook or Twitter. When we come back, we'll review the new album from MGMT, and Greg will drop a quarter in the Desert Island jukebox. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. That is a little bit of Little Dark Age, the title track from MGMT's fourth album. MGMT formed a million years ago, a.k.a. 2002, at Wesleyan University in Connecticut. It was a duo, Ben Goldwasser and Andrew Van Weingarten. They had a debut album that came out, set the world on fire, Oracular Spectacular, produced by Dave Fridman, the Fleming Lips longtime producer. Big sales. Grammy nominations, and suddenly these two guys who were messing around on campus with some synths find themselves as one of the major festival headliners for most of the mid-2000s. Then they promptly proceeded to chip away at their own success with two dark follow-up albums, each of which uh, garnered fewer listeners over the years. Um, Pitchfork had a, a snooty line, but a revelatory one, that the last album they did in 2013 had 4% only of the streaming plays that that debut had mm, had. Yeah. Now, people are saying MGMT has returned to form, once again working with Dave Fridman, what are they giving us on Little Dark Age? Let's play a track and we will come back and give our opinions on the record. This is One Thing Left to Try by MGMT on Sound Opinions. left to try from the new MGMT record Little Dark Age, the fourth studio album. In some ways, these guys can't catch a break because I think they're sort of viewed as these wise guys who lucked into some hits. And they wrote some really, you know, catchy songs back in the day. Can't deny that. Time to Pretend and Electric Feel and Kids. Those were fascinating pop tracks. 
uh, that became hits almost in spite of themselves. You know, subsequent two albums, you, you started to see them getting artier and artier and starting to fall off the, uh, the the relevance chart. It was almost as if they were sneering at their earlier success. Yeah, n- not ignoring the hooks that uh, made them famous in the first place. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, people are hailing this as a return to form. Uh, you know, what is a, what is form for MGMT? <laughs> we're, what we're looking at here is not an album band, but a band that makes a few good singles and then a bunch of filler around it. And I would say Little Dark Age is very similar mm. in, in, in tone to that. There's a lot of filler on this record. I, I would say that uh, some of the tracks uh, are, are annoying. Uh, she Works Out Too Much, T.S. Lamp, these are... Skewing easy targets, the sarcasm. Let, let, let me let me let me yeah. insert yeah. for the listener. Right, she works out too much. Is them having a conversation with the girlfriend who wants them to work out right. more? But T S L A M P. Yeah. Uh, maybe the most obnoxious, annoying song I have heard, uh, I can't even remember when, of the decade for well, certain. Well, how it, obvious it is, is it? It, it? it is such an easy complaint. Time spent sitting all alone. Time spent looking at my phone. Time spent sitting all alone. Time spent looking at my phone. Yeah. Time spent all alone. Time spent looking at my phone. Hey, Stop the presses. MGMT thinks kids today should yeah. spend less time on the cell phone. Uh, you know, why Why include that track? I, I You know, I, I can't believe that they're that dumb to think that that's revelatory. You know, I will say this, and there's a lot of people waiting to just jump all over this record and hate it. Uh, first of all, there are some hooks here. They've written a couple of songs that I think are, are, are worthy uh, singles, uh, which is what people want from them. They want those big arena kind of hook choruses. And there was a couple of moments on this record where I go, you know what, maybe they're growing up a little bit, and maybe that's not a bad thing. I think in particular that track, When You're Small, to me, it, it is very much in the mode of Flaming Lips when they were really good, uh, with David Fridman producing. I think that they're whole, trying to do Sid Barrett, actually. A little bit of that, yeah. There's Barrett Lips. There's not that a whole a lot of separation there. But that sort of wistful psychedelic ballad uh, is kind of a nice step for them. And I also thought James is kind of a song that isn't trying too hard uh, to say something nice about a friend. It's a song about a friend. And I go, there's some warmth here that I never thought I would hear from these two guys. I'm going to give this a try at rating simply because I see a little bit of a growth here. There's a lot of terrible stuff on this record, but about half of it is listenable. I, I couldn't disagree with you more. The terrible stuff is so terrible that, <laughs> that it will hurt your eardrums to listen to the rest of it. And the good stuff is not that good. In fact, I now repudiate my own review of Congratulations. I gave it a burn, and I don't know what I was thinking. This is a band I should like. This is a band that has named a song after Brian Eno. This is a band <laughs> that has a song on this record called James. Yeah. You know, my, my mom. 
you know, listens to the show every week. I'll give a shout out to my mom. James, I really didn't like when you guys were talking about that MGT whatever band. I re- That's how my mom. I get the review every Monday morning. Hey, they, they have worked with uh, Peter Kember of Spaceman 3. It's like, and, and Dave Friedman of The Flaming Lips. Like, like, like the gym list of cliches, right? And yet, it's after Valentine's Day now. How, why do I hate this band? Let me turn it around. Let me count the ways. They are smug. They are pretentious. They are derivative. They are static. They are soulless. They are cliched. They are boring. I really, really hate I this. I can one. tell. I listened to this record 12 <laughs> times just to make sure I was justified in my hatred. I would trash it 100 times if I could. I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. As often as possible, one of us takes a trip to the desert island and plays you a song we can't live without from that well-stocked jukebox. Mr. Cotton, <laughs> what do you got? I wanted to pay tribute to uh, Dennis Edwards, who was uh, one of the lead singers in The Temptations, died uh, on February 1st at the age of 74, Jim. Hey, it gives me an excuse to play some Temptations. There's Um, no such thing as a bad reason to play Temptations ever. One of the greatest vocal groups of uh, all time, and they had two incredible eras. The first being with David Ruffin being the gruff lead vocalist in the group. There was five of them, and they would take turns uh, uh, with the vocals. But uh, in the early incarnation of the group, Ruffin was clearly the guy. He was singing a lot of the leads. He had that rough voice. Got kicked out of the group, though, um, because uh, he just stopped showing up for gigs. Uh, He was uh, complaining about the fact that he wasn't getting paid. You know, the usual kind of accompaniment to fame and fortune is that uh, you don't feel like you're getting enough of the rewards. Uh, Ruffin was kicked out of the group. Edwards was waiting in the wings. He had been with the group called The Contours. And Ruffin, in fact, went to his house and said, you're going to be the guy that's going to replace me. (laughs) And basically saying, I'm okay with that, which made it okay for Edwards to feel like, okay, I'm not taking this guy's job. Well, Ruffin kept showing up at shows anyway and and singing vocals until he finally said, enough, (laughs) we're done with this. You're in and you're out. Edwards is the guy. Edwards had a similar kind of voice to Ruffin, and he he came over at a a perfect time because the group was transitioning from uh, that initial uh, Motown soul era, up-tempo, upbeat, into the psychedelic soul era. Norman Whitfield uh, was taking over the production and the songwriting. Smokey Robinson had been doing a lot of the work Mm. with the band earlier. Whitfield and Barrett Strong, his co-songwriter, were bringing this psychedelic soul sound. And I it was love that period. heavily influenced by Sly and the Family Stone. Um, so what they ended up doing is they setting up a situation where a lot of the vocals were being traded off. You know, you would have Edwards and Eddie Kendricks and Paul Williams and Melvin Franklin uh, trading vocals in a song. But Edwards was, to me, the linchpin for those really tough-sounding songs. And these were tough-sounding songs. It, it bordered on rock in the same way that Sly's yeah. Sly and the Family Stone straddled genres. It wasn't just pop soul. It was rock with a funk underpinning. Yeah, a lot of um, Hendrix in Hard-edged. Uh, Edwards had the voice for it. Uh, I want to play a track from that great era. Uh, and there were many wonderful songs from that era that uh, Edwards contributed to. Cloud Nine, I Can't Get Next to You, uh, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, Shaky Ground. I want to play Ball of Confusion. That's what the world is today. Mm-hmm. 1970. Here's a song you played right now. You go, 
It's hap- it's happening all over again. It, it, it has not changed. Sadly appropriate still. Norman Whitfield with an amazing job on the production uh, and and the songwriting, and uh, Dennis Edwards really when when you can hear the gruff gritty verses on this song, those are the ones that belong to Edwards. Uh, here is Ball of Confusion from The Temptations on Sound Opinions. People moving out, people moving in. Why? Because of the color of the skin. Run, 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 but you sure can't hide. And I, boy, and I, a tooth for a tooth, both for me, and I'll set you free. Rap on, brother, rap on. Well, the only person talking about love, man, brother, is the preacher. Teacher, segregation, determination, demonstration, integration, aggravation, humiliation, obligation to our nation. Bowl of Confusion by The Temptations in tribute to Dennis Edwards, dead at the age of 74. Nice job, Greg. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, an in-depth interview with a musician, producer, and label president who has worked with everybody from Bonnie Raitt, the Rolling Stones, to Bob Dylan. That is Don Was. Good stuff, Greg. Thanks to Adam Yaffe and Andrew Gill for helping out with our session with Sir the Baptist. Sound Opinions was produced by Brendan Banisak, Alex Claiborne, and Ayana Contreras. I'm in the phone booth, it's a one across the hall. If you don't answer, I'll just ring 
With sound opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hi guys, my name is Meyer, and I'm calling from New Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm calling in regards to your cover song show. I kind of just wanted to highlight cover songs that fall into that category about cover songs that uh, kind of eclipse the original version. The Blondie cover of Hanging on the Telephone, which was originally by a band called The Nerves, were a relatively unknown Midwest power pop band. version is absolutely fantastic very incisive there's really no fat left on that track to be trimmed it's pretty much uh power pop perfection keep on bringing this great stuff i'll talk to you later bye hey guys this is greg from new york i'm calling regarding your cover show uh, i think we need to mention the replacements who actually put out a cassette called Hits the Fans, which was all covers, but their best cover, perhaps, I think the only cover they ever did on a Pure Replacements album was Black Diamond by Kiss. really amazing because you heard Bob wailing away and you heard Paul either mocking with love or loving with mockery a uh, Kiss song and it really rocks on that album which probably is the greatest album of all time but don't forget about the replacements when it comes to covers you guys are the best bye Hi, uh, yeah, this is Phil out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm commenting on the show. You know, I'm a JT fan. He's put out a lot of great music, but honestly, the Man of the Woods album, the first uh, single, Filthy, that they released, to me, is a complete joke. It's a sham. The album is terrible. I've listened to the songs. I've even tried to, like, be as open-minded as possible Whoever he had mixed the album, there's definitely beats, sound effects, and loops that are involved that are, just have no business being there. Filthy is a perfect example of this. The beat drowns out the lyrics. It's terrible. I couldn't agree more with the uh, double trash rating that you guys gave the album. Thanks. Hi, my name is Adam. I'm calling from Connecticut. And I'm calling regarding the Want You Back song suggestions. Uh, my suggestion is the Postal Service song, Nothing Better. Lyric 
basically it, it does not end well. And usually those songs end at least with some ray of hope or um, ambiguity. And this song has uh, one clear, one person who's clearly at fault and uh and they're not gonna not gonna get by that easily and it really empowers the uh the woman in the scenario it did not help me win anyone back and it got me through a bad breakup thank you no more messages to give us your opinions on sound opinions call our hotline 888-859-1800 we'll be back next week with more sound opinions produced by wbez chicago and distributed by prx